Welcome back to another episode of The Rest, a podcast where you get to hear the rest of the story and where we continue the conversation that started Sunday. I'm your host, Jared Jacobus, and I'm here with Joel, the Drip Check Kovacs. Yep, that's what they call me. I don't know who, but somebody, they. Somebody does. Whoever they are. I've, I've heard it. I've heard, heard it I've times. heard like tens of people call yeah, it. Call tens, that. Singles or tens. Singles Somewhere or tens, around there. yeah. How are we doing today? Good, man. Yeah, it's a good day. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good day. Sunday, you made a point to say we were keeping this to a strict 30 minutes. And I have to tell you that. Have we done any of them? Our second episode together was crept into the 40s. Ooh. But. Um, is, that, is that false advertising? Well, I think I think we'll we'll keep it on track from now on. Okay, starting here on out. I'm I'm sorry about that. I won't let it happen again. We're gonna we're gonna do our best. I got city barbecue for lunch today, and I got barbecue sauce all over my shirt. Oh my gosh, you did? Yeah, it was. It It looks fine. Well, I spent ten minutes in the bathroom cleaning myself up. Well, that you'll have that. Is that it? (laughs) For those of that missed last week. Uh, that ever happened to you? You're a messy eater. Oh, I'm the messiest eater, man. Do you I, get it like on your face, on your clothes? I get, I get it on my face, and and I just I get it all over my hands, yeah. and I make a mess around my plate. My parents told me that I have six brothers and two sisters, so they always knew where I sat because I would make oh, such you, a mess. You had a mark. I the... would leave. I'd leave a mark. Yeah. Um, I used to be like super clean eater, like food couldn't touch yeah. other foods and you know, I kind of outgrew that. When you say that, like, like, do you mean you used to be that way like five years ago or like when no, you were a little I kid? kid? Oh, okay. I was real little I feel kid. like every little kid was like that. They have things. They got the, you know, you got the, the plates that have the natural little boundaries. The little dividers. Have yeah, you ever met anybody place? that is an adult that I don't think I goes have. by that? Have you? No. That'd be interesting to find one. I'm sure they're out there. Reach Some out. OCD. Send us an email. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had our middle son's birthday party this past weekend. Oh, boy. What's Turned his name five, again? Archer. Okay. Turned five years old. Oh, man. As fishing themed. There we go. So, uh, my why? Wife, why? They just love to fish. They love to fish. Yeah, you know, we have Family Lake. And okay. And we get to go back there all the time. Oh, sweet. And, yeah. So, my father bought... Him a bunch of uh, different size lures, like whole whole range. Yep. And part of the party was we're heading back to the lake because we can walk to it to take everyone fishing. And he insisted on using this lure that's okay. like four inches long, you know, for like a 10-pound bass. Okay. And I told him that there's nothing in there that could eat that. And He caught something. He, no. He was super bummed that oh. he didn't get any bites. I'm like... Dude, I told you there's nothing in there that can oh. tackle that, man. There's a, a friend of Kellen's. Kellen and his friends like to fish, and one of his buddies, Knox, is really into fishing. Like, he catches turtles and frogs and goes fishing all the time, and he caught, like, a, I am not joking, man, like a 12-pound bass. Wow. In, in like, the just the ponds in New yeah. Albany, like, at the Lynx Golf Course or something, like, just, like, what that's crazy it takes a lot of years for them to get that big yeah i don't i guess yeah yeah i don't know anything about them well um you know this has to bring us to a point where we talk about our sponsor today and today's sponsors bottled water wow what kind any kind just uh in a bottle 
any kind of bottled water. Yeah, so do you remember back in the day whenever you'd go somewhere, you had to carry water around in your hands? Yeah. There just wasn't anything else? Uh, yeah. And then your hands were always Those were you know, horrible like times. Bad. Those were bad times for me and humanity. Yeah, so that's where bottled water comes in. Okay. Uh, you don't have to slosh around a bunch of water anymore. What a, you just have it in a bottle and it gift. can be next to you for you to have whenever it's it's super convenient. It is. If that you sounds, haven't tried it, you you gotta check it out. I I have tried it. I'm into it. Yeah. Um well if you use the code no more wet hands at checkout, <laughs> you can get the caps to the bottle for free what? When they buy bottled water. Oh, oh. Anywhere. Anywhere. Like in the world. Yeah. You mm-hmm. go check out for bottled water. Okay. Use the code. What's the code? No more wet hands. Oh, okay. All right. See how that goes. Uh, next time you're in Kroger. All right, I will. Try it. I'm going to. So we're in part three of Who Are You Wearing? And uh, you touched on this concept of believer versus follower. Yes. So there's this. There's a nuance in that, in that dynamic that's actually easy to miss, but I think incredibly important to understand. Teach. What is it? What is it? Yeah. I'm I'm coming to you for oh, this. Oh, you, you're asking me what it yeah. is? Well, hopefully. I know. So the um the the believer stage, like saying the prayer yeah. versus when Jesus said, follow me, right. and it's it's actually, you know, taking steps towards that. Right. So there's an easy way to understand it as like, oh, I believe, so I'm following. Right. But that's not necessarily the case. Right. Yeah, you know the series. You know, if you're just chiming in, maybe you 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 haven't heard. We're we're talking about what faith really is and how that really, when you pick faith in Christ, you're picking a set of values. You know, you're picking a a life to live, a way to live, how to pattern your life, how to who to emulate. That's what's who are you wearing? So. And the idea is that you're gonna you're gonna emulate something. You're gonna wear something, whatever it is. So, the the idea of believer is is an idea that's you know in the Bible. I mean, Jesus talks about people believing in him, but but the the word there isn't a word from my understanding that we think it is. Where for us a believer is simply just the problem that we face is eternity and our souls are evil and wicked. And in order for us to end up in the heavenly place at the end, then we need to believe that Jesus died on the cross, confess his name out loud. And then like in that moment, you know, we're saved and we're, we're given the righteousness of God. And the whole idea in that paradigm is I now can stand before God because I, I, I placed my faith and believed in Jesus. And so I'm declared righteous. And so then that, that idea becomes, it's not about what I do. It's about what he did, you know, that type of thing. And so we're beating this thing to death. I mean, we've talked about this so much, but it's just such a massive misunderstanding in Western evangelical Christianity. So yeah, Jesus. So in our mind, a believer 
is someone that says a prayer about, it could have been, it was back then, whenever that date was, so that we end up there wherever in the future. And the whole Christian narrative in the life of Christ, the death of Christ, and the giving of the Spirit, the church, is, is all about here and now and into forever. Only because that's always what it was supposed to be, is forever. Yeah. So it's always been forever. So, um, yeah. So, so the follower part is, is that's the, I think, a good way in our culture to set some context, ask a question, have some clarity around what is someone's understanding of what it means to be a, a Christian? Am I a believer? Or do I just say I'm a saved? Or I'm a follower. And believer doesn't always mean follower in the, the active way of living daily reality. But follower, follower means believer. It, it, it means, of course, I believe something in my heart. That's why I'm doing these things. So it's both and. And so that, that was really the distinction. The followers daily, that was the, the text I used. I think it's Luke. It's like, if anyone wants to be one of my disciples, one of my followers, he has to deny himself, take up his cross, and then he adds the word daily. So yeah. that's what a follower is. Daily, losing their independence through dependence, obedience, fellowship, honor, and the way of Christ. Yeah, I, th I think that kind of ties into that idea that you talked about of obligation versus purpose. Mm -hmm. uh, like, why do we go out and do good things? Yeah. Why should we live out the life uh, that Christ, uh, you know, was the example for us to live? It's funny. In the believer paradigm, you, you, you know, it's like, oh, Jesus died for you. Whenever I'm talking like this, oh, it doesn't mean that I think these things aren't true. I'm just shaping this narrative. Jesus died for me. You know, he gave himself up. He's the atoning sacrifice. He bled. He died. He, he, he was in pain. He, you know, tortured, gave up his spirit, went into a tomb, whatever, resurrected. This, this notion of, okay, he died for you. Like he paid the penalty for your sin. So then... In this line of thinking, the, the scriptures where Paul says, you were bought with a price, you're not your own, it kind of becomes, okay, then I, you know, I'm a, I, I, man, I better do the right thing. I have to. Since he did that, I, I guess I better do good things too. Yeah. You know, that, that's kind of what it becomes. It's like, you know, you hear these ideas of, um, you know, every time you sin, it's like you're re-nailing them to the cross. So it's like you better not yeah. re-nail them to the cross. So now my goal has become, I want to do the minimum amount so that I'm not nailing Jesus back to the cross. <laughs> and that's just kind of absurd to think of Jesus calling people to that low of a, uh, you know, of, of, of a reality that this is like, that's like a lobster. That's like crawling on the sea floor. I exist here 
by, but by the grace of God and, you know, all that I could never, and I better do good things or whatever, which actually in reverse becomes like almost a works-based oriented salvation. It's like, yeah. cause you're kind of prove you're trying to prove that you're saved by your behaviors. And so that's why the other way is, so when you're a follower, it's intentional, Right. So you're, you're going, I'm in, like, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to, my wife is reading a book right now about when, uh, you know, like Meghan Markle or whatever, like her or not, when she gets indoctrinated and I guess they left the Royal family, but like, even when Kate became, you know, uh, what's his name? What's the prince's name? Harry, uh, Harry and then William. William. So like when Kate got married and it might not be about that, but it's just when anybody becomes part of the Royal family, you know, I mean, that's like a thing. That's like, you got to learn all the like oh, it's a etiquette, thing. you know, you got to learn the rules, what, what to wear, where to stand, how to talk, what you have to be, all that. So when you like, when, when, when Prince William comes to a, a girl and is like, will you marry me? It's like, what does that mean? And it's like, well, I'm royalty. So it means a lot. Yeah. So when somebody follows Christ, it's similar. It's he's the king. And so he has a new and living way. All these other ways lead to death. They destroy us and all that. So we're going to do things his way because that's the way to life. Even if it's hard, it's like, that's better. It has purpose. It's God's way. And so now what you do, think about the difference. Think about like someone doing something for you. And then you're just obligated to do some stuff for them, I guess. But I don't have to because yeah. I'm saved just by faith, man. But I guess I have to do some things so I don't defame the cross versus I'm a follower. I've chosen to follow Jesus. I'm joining the royal parade and I want to march. And so it moves from obedience to honor. It's like obedience is what's the lowest amount? Like, what are the rules? Honor is like, I am going to try to live my life in such a way that it reflects positively on my king. It's you're reaching for the best. Obedience alone is just trying to get by with the bare minimum. You know, what's the best I can do before it becomes bad? Yeah. Man, but now when we're, when we're saying, I'm following you, I'm in, like, I want to honor you. I'm going to give my life for you. I want to wear you. I want to talk like you. I want to do work the way that you explain it. I want to treat people the way you say, like, I'm going to like live this thing out. That's like, well, that's why I signed up. I signed up because the King rose from the dead and offered me a new and living way. And I'm like, I want that way. If he overcame death, that means he came, he overcame everything that leads to death, which is sin. And sin is a horrible way to live your life. So I want to live the righteous way. And I'm not just going to do the bare minimum. I'm literally going to try to like really do it the right way. Yeah. So, yeah. And the cool thing about it is that um, it's a difference between avoiding a negative. Right. And then actually pursuing something that fulfills you and fills you up. Right. Like when we reach purpose right. and we're doing what we're made to do, there's no better feeling. No better feeling. That And that is, it's like, so we've been talking about missing the mark, right? We did the target. It's like the target is humans living with their God-given purpose, right? Their vocation, their stewardship of the earth, their images of, images of God, their, you know, 
working every day, which in Genesis is the same word for worship. So by making something beautiful of the world, like you're like worshiping God, that's part of it. We just have this idea that worship is one day a week when in Genesis it's six days a week. It's all, it's your whole, like the way you live is worship. That's, and that's what work is. And when you, man, when you get to that thing, so then it's like, well, what about sin? And what about falling? And that's probably where you're going next. But it's like, that's where people wonder. It's like, but if you're, if you're like, oh, I'm just going to go and do what I was designed to do, I'm going to hit the target. Now I have the ability to like hit the mark, which means do all the things that I was supposed to do. That's so much flying higher, so much higher than like taking off. And let's just make sure we don't hit the ground. Yeah. You know, like we got to fly, but let's just make sure we don't hit the ground. This is no, I'm, I'm doing what I was designed to do at 30,000 feet, just like soaring. And, and it's not about doing the bare minimum. It's about experiencing the fullness of what God invited me into in fellowship. Uh, so, um, when we're doing something like you talked about and everything, seek truth. So when we're doing something like seeking truth, um, I think we have a tendency to see things through a lens of cognitive bias. Yeah. Um, at times. So I talked about the movies thing. Yeah. You were going to bring that up. Yeah. Oh, you can talk. Go ahead. No, you no, no, no. It. You got but it. But ask the question. Uh, well, I was just going to ask for some advice on how we can approach something like that um, so that we aren't unknowingly just viewing everything through a lens of cognitive bias. Yeah. You know, we, we keep coming back to, to this idea of accountability, conversations, you know, getting your mind stretched. You know, knowing the truth is is... So in, in like the Christian worldview, you know, Jesus is truth, right? So probably our ideas of truth are different than what, what, what they actually are or should be. You know, Jesus is reality. He's the full reality. So he's the son of man, you know, he's the, he's the second Adam, the firstborn among all creation. So he's like the human prototype, right? Yeah. And everyone who follows him is is in him and and will in resurrection become, you know, in their spiritual bodies and resurrected bodies, like they'll become that truth from a physical, anthropological, whatever that is, that spiritual thing when we're resurrected. And so that he is the truth. And he says that I am the truth. I am the ultimate force. I'm the ultimate reality. I'm the one who created it all, made it all. He's in all, through all, above all. Like, so I think a part of truth first is like really falling in love with, with Christ, understanding Christ, studying who Jesus is, studying the scriptures. You know, it's kind of like the whole idea of how do people, these guys that look at counterfeit money, figure it out? They they don't spend time looking at a bunch of counterfeit. They study the real thing. Yeah. So there there is like, that's a little bit ambiguous in terms of like, well, what about if I'm like watching a movie and I, or like, what if I'm on social media and like, I, you know, that's, is that true? Is that what they just said true? So that's not what I'm talking about. Like at first, like you're captivated by the reality that God wants you to be captivated by because that's that's your progress and that's your path is the person of Jesus as you're being transformed in the likeness of Christ. So so you're becoming true, if that makes sense. Yeah. So that's a part of truth. 
And it's just like, there's no, there's no, in Christ, there's no lie. There's no darkness. It's just like, and you can start to bring that in. And when you know Christ and you do then start to understand the reality of goodness and the reality of God's love and the reality of the way the world works and wisdom and stuff, then you can, you can have the lens of seeing certain things through the lens of the person of Jesus and starting to be able to judge them according to the truth of God. And that is a very real thing. Like to know like what is good. Maybe we think truth very like Western scientific, right, wrong, black, white, but like what is good? What is godly? That's true, right? So you can start to filter your reality through the person of Jesus. And that that's a huge, I really believe that's a huge part of it because it's like, you, you can almost like go to subterranean levels, like the unseen realm of what is happening in someone. It's like, maybe they're saying something that's true, but there's not, there's something not right. Or maybe they're, you know, their attitude or they you know, they don't have compassion or like at the end of the day, this is the fruit and you know, the fruit is bad, but they sound right. It's like, ah, uh, you hold that up to Jesus and everything has this progress to make. And so we know it's not fully true. And then there's things that have become more true and they're more pure. And I really think that's part of it. But the other part of just like knowing facts, knowing the truth you know, that's just like humility and learning and patience. So like, you, you know, and it's, it, it's about context, right? It's all of the ideas of critical thinking, right? So can't take anything you hear right away. Like, you know, if, if, if the Barbie movie, we're talking about the Barbie movie and its agenda and, you know, sound of freedom and its agenda. And of course there's people over here saying sound of freedom is this like QAnon, you know, thing yeah, that they're trying extreme, to, yeah. yeah, you're trying to do that. And then, oh, Barbie's woke and you know, this, and they have their agenda. And it's like, like, okay, like maybe there's some parts of that, like, but two things can be true. It doesn't have to be all that you can learn before, you know, you know, don't just jump to conclusions. I think one of the things that was so weird about COVID is like, there was a bunch of people that have conspiracy theories and they have their reasons for it and they think they know the truth. Yeah. Well, I mean, some of them were right about certain things. So that doesn't mean they're always right. And it doesn't, you know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. they were guessing or they had what they thought was the truth. That doesn't mean they're fully right about everything. I know people that were like, they were right about masks. They were wrong about whatever part, you know? And, and then it's like, see, I'm right. You know? <laughs> and so I, I just think like holding it in balance and, and being slow and having good discussion and, not jumping to conclusions, not basing your life and your life's decisions off of one perspective. I think one of the best things to do is always try in your mind to do the empathetic move intellectually. So empathy is an emotion that's like really, you know, it's like this idea of really trying to connect with what the other person is feeling and to put yourself yeah, in, be able to feel, what, in they're feel what they're feeling, right? Sympathy is you can see what they're going through and you you see it and you care. Empathy is I'm feeling what they're feeling. It's like, I'm not looking at them in the hole in their ditch and going like, man, that must suck to be down there. Empathy is I'm like with you in it. Yeah, And that's an important thing. And it's really in, in popular and it's something that gets lost a lot on in a lot of people's lives and we need it. But, but take that idea intellectually, right? Like find, find the other side of the argument. Like as soon as you like full sail buy into something, try to argue yourself out of it. 
Yeah, I think when you talked about being slow, that's a huge component. Huge of it. component. Slow. Just never it's like rush. Like take a deep breath and like don't overreact and you know. And then there are times when like you know there's enough. It's yeah. like the chips line. It's like okay, now that's true, you know. But even so, like again, when we're, we're, we're you know so much of, I think Western Christianity is become about being right. Yeah. Who's right? We're right. You're wrong. We know. You don't know. We have the truth. You don't. This political agenda, this thing, whatever movement, this identity, we're right. Those people are wrong. Us is, it's just, it's like, you know, Jesus doesn't spend like a ton of time with the people who were really wrong, living wrong and telling them that they were wrong, except for the religious leaders who we're telling Jesus that he was wrong. Well, the people that knew better yeah. than the the position that they were coming from. Yeah, the people that that yes, he was trying to show them the 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 error of their ways, yeah. right? Where woman at the well, uh, Zacchaeus, you know, the the tax gatherer, these people that were, you know, sin sinful in the culture and and marginalized or whatever. You know, he doesn't spend like a whole time like, I'm right, you're wrong, I'm God, you're not, I'm the king. You're, you know, it's like he's not just, it's not a battle of who's right. He is the truth. So he moves in to their lives to make an impact, to make a difference, and to have, to have a, a relationship that allows people to come to the truth. So... To me, I think that even when, you know, you might be right, you know, I mean, Andy did a whole thing, you know, if you want to have a good relationship, you got to give up the right to be right. If it's all about being right, you might be right, but you'll be right out of a relationship. It's just yeah. not all about that. So truth is not the same as right. Um, it's it's about knowing what what God is up to, and it's about being wise, I think, about information and slow. And again, like, I think when you come from a Christian worldview, like the implications when you're talking about wearing Christ, if this is true and this part's true and this is evil or this is good or whatever, we already know all that. We already know there's sinful things. We already know there's people with evil agendas. We already know that the devil's at work. We already know all that. So that's why we've chosen to intentionally place our faith in Christ and be followers of Jesus because he is the way through all of that. So he gives us the way to be in the midst of confusion, conspiracy, doubt. He gives us the way to be. Be the salt, be the light be kind, love your enemy, you know, turn the other cheek. I mean, these are, this is like, that's not like, uh, you know, vacuumous stuff, man. That's like, this is the way you, you are supposed to live your life. And it assumes all of those ambiguous, clouded realities that we struggle to see through sometimes. Yeah. So. Kind of in that same thread, um, when you were talking about humility and like humility versus pride, um, I see our culture as seeing it flipped mm -hmm. from the way that Jesus positioned it. And that like, if you're, 
in humility, you're, you're weak. Yeah. Um, why do you think that's become like a, a kind of a position of, of modern thinking? Well, I think that a lot of people are, you know, essentially Darwinists, right? They're evolutionary. It's survival of the fittest. And so that's kind of a, you know, if, if the low man on the totem pole gets eaten, then it's pretty tough to say, just be humble, man. Like serve that guy. Well, you know, you might not survive and you know, you might die and you know, you might get beat and you know, you might get, you know, lose whatever. So it's not really in, in like the Westerns, you know, mind to, to, to be last. Right. Like, and I'm not saying I want to be last. And I don't think that being a Christian means like you're just last all the time. I mean, I understand Jesus said the first will be last, last will be first. He's talking about serving people. Right. Yeah. So, so I think that it's just really hard. And then you look at your life and you want to be successful and you want to grow and you want to know that you're valued and all that stuff. And so then I think your, your performance can, can kind of become your straw man or your, your proof that you matter. So now I want to know I'm valuable. I want to know I have meaning and purpose in the world. So I have to do something to prove because if they don't think I matter, I don't get paid or they don't care or whatever. So now I got to do something. And so that doesn't set you up. Like, that's not like, okay, so be humble. Yeah. You know, so I think humility is really, really challenging to have until you, you start the process of being transformed into the likeness of Christ. It is a decidedly, I don't know, probably an exclusive attribute of being a follower of Christ in the sense that every kingdom in the world, you know, plays king of the mountain, right? It's like leadership and kingdom growth and, and, you know, imperialistic thinking, all that stuff is like, we need to win. We need to take them over. We need to have the horses and the the stuff and the tanks and yeah, all that stuff. It's always about more. It's always about more and it's always about taking over more and it's always about having more. Well, Jesus, you know, gives up the more and just lays out all this stuff and humbles himself to serve, submits to our needs. And um, it, it's so upside down. It's they call the whole upside down kingdom, right? It's like he's God. He doesn't play the God card. You know, it's kind of like, I think the Mega Millions is tonight. Oh, yeah. Like, imagine winning $500 million and then just being like, nah. <laughs> right? Like, yeah. it's, it's kind of impossible to fathom. Yeah. Like, who would actually do that? Mother Teresa. There's like four people that we can think of in the history of humanity outside of Jesus that would actually take their Mega Millions and go, no. Like, I'm... I'm going to do this different because life is different to me and I want to serve and I want to give and I want to humble myself and, and I want to live the way Christ lived. And so um, I just think that with sin, sin f- missing the mark. So you're, the mark is to be an image of God. God is the king. We're a servant of the king. Missing the mark in so many, you know, ways is self-kingdom building. Yeah. So it is pride. It's like 
I'm going to do this. You know, the Satan fell because of pride, right? So you, you, you well up with, I'm going to make something of myself. That's sin. And it doesn't mean as a Christian, you don't make something of yourself. It's just the purpose you were made as an image of God. So you have an endowed value that is just, you're born with it. So the purpose is not that the thing that already has so much value needs to go and make itself have more value. It's that I made you to go and be like me. That's your purpose. And it means serving and working and giving and loving and being charitable. And that's the way God made you. So you're an extension of God, not you're going to become your own God. You know, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how that resonates with your question, but that's, it's, it's a very like fundamental mindset that is just not, we don't even know it's not there. Yeah. Cause we just function even Christians still battle just with kingdom building myself. And there's a very big difference between loving your family and having priorities and, and doing, doing well and, and continuing to maintain relationship with God and vocation and all that stuff. So do you have any like daily practices or daily habits that, you do to kind of keep that in the forefront of your mind, Which like bringing hum- about the humility. goodness of God, being humble, um, you know, you like know, servitude. Yeah. You know, one of the things that I, you know, I grew up in the tradition, you know, you like, you have your quiet time. So I know that it it just gets like overplayed, but like I have morning, every morning I wake up, I get up early now and I wake up at 5.30 and I go to the gym at 6.30. So I get my coffee and I just sit in a chair for half an hour and I pray and I read. I actually listen to the Bible in the morning. You know, just like yesterday morning, I just listened to the entire, you know, book of Colossians. And, you know, so just, I think it's just important to just constantly expose yourself to, to the scriptures and who God is. It's just going to change the way your mind works. It's going to change the way you think about life. It's going to put, it's going to put what is, um, it's going to put what is of God in your mind. You know, when you, when you're reading about what Jesus did, you're just kind of captivated by this ultimate humble king and that can change the way you live your life. So that's a practice that I have that I do almost every day. Um, I spend a lot of time in my job, like reading the Bible and reading a lot of books. Yeah. And so I don't kind of say that that's not worship either. You know, like that's like a moment for me where I'm like, thank you God that I get to like kind of just swim around in this and think about it and have moments of, praise and thankfulness, but that's kind of a bonus for a pastor, if you will. It's, it's work. The other thing that I, you know, I do is I would say, I say to do this every day in the marriage series, but I probably don't do it every day. That might be like hyperbolic language. I would say like three to five days a week. I just ask my wife what she needs for me and how I can help. And I know that may sound like really 
But like, I think part of being humble is serving and, and offering yourself to the people that are closest to you to yeah. spend your life on what they need and, and lifting them up. And so that's, I think a practice that's really important. And I do that, you know, all the time. Um, so yeah, I would say those are like the two things that just keep the mindset in the right place and like get me going down the road. I have little things that I do. Like you can ask my, my leadership team at the church, like I get them coffee, like two days a week. Like who wants coffee? And I bring it in. I know that sounds like little, but like I, I do like, yeah, I, I, it's serving. I serve them. I'm like, I want you guys to like, you know, just want to do this for you. And so little things all the time like that. But I would say like the, the main practice is just that time alone in prayer and, and meditation. I've started to meditate a l like more, which is a new, a little bit of a newer practice for me. Yeah. But it's really is it helpful. like guided or you just, um, I kind of have like own. a, I kind of have a pattern that I do of breathing. Yeah. You know, um, and I'll like kind of focus on a phrase or a word. And um, that's kind of how I do it. I try to do it for like eight minutes. I know that may sound like not, not much to some. It's a long time it's when hard. you, yeah. Super when you're hard. Meditating. I bear, I, I don't think I've ever, ever come close to staying in a state of meditation yeah, and really focus hard. for eight minutes straight. It's like, maybe it's been like, okay, I did 10 seconds in this minute and then 15 in this minute and. It's hard. Yeah. I'm going to uh, do several of those things this week. Do it. Let you know how it goes. Do it, man. All right. That's all the time we have for this episode. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Uh, we want your input. We want you to be a part of the show. So if you have any questions, feel free to reach out on social media. You can also email us at therest at 514church.com. We'll be here next week for part four of Who Are You Wearing on The Rest. <laughs>